I figured we should just let Jesus take the rest of the service, but... Good deal. Well, I'm excited to be with y'all this morning. Good to see your beautiful faces. Everybody doing good? Doing good? Doing good? All right. Well, we are in uh, a season uh, preceding Pentecost, which is uh, a date on the church calendar in which the believers, really, it's the birthday of the church, so we'll all get together and sing happy birthday for the church, and we'll all share some cake. I'm just kidding. No, maybe not, but, uh, or maybe, I don't know, but... um, it's the birthday of the church. It's whenever the, the believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and we'll talk about all of that on Pentecost. We'll talk about the exact events of what happened that day. But leading up to it, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Bradley talked about it last week. We had Holy Spirit night. And so uh, this morning, I'm hoping to add a little bit to that um, and hopefully not take anything away, but add to it and to um, further expand our knowledge on it. So um, really like, I want to start off with this. In my experience, the way that we view the Holy Spirit, um, it's not emphasized enough in church. We don't really view the Holy Spirit as um, we don't really view the Holy Spirit as God, so we don't really talk about it that much. Uh, really, um, if we don't emphasize the Holy Spirit in our gatherings, if we if we do not emphasize the Holy Spirit in our gatherings, then we're nothing more than excited Baptists. Okay. Let me say that again, just so you can let it sink in. If we don't emphasize the Holy Spirit in our gatherings together, in our lives together, we're nothing more than just excited Baptists. You know, I mean, if you come to this church, you hear us during worship, we get a little bit excited, right? I mean, God is good, so we like to worship Him and give Him His praise that is due to Him, right? We get pretty excited, but hype and excitement isn't necessarily equal the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes excitement and, and, and hype or whatever you want to call it does follow whenever the Holy Spirit does something great in your life or whenever, as Christy said, you know, you get that warm feeling. Some people, uh, you know, react in a certain excited way. And, and, and I believe that happens every single Sunday here at the River Church. I do believe a lot of the excitement that we have is generated around the Holy Spirit. But if we're not emphasizing the work of the Spirit in our everyday lives, then we're nothing more than just excited Baptists or Christians or whatever. As Pentecostals, we truly believe in the work of the Holy Spirit day in and day out, Sunday to Sunday, month to month, year to year, that every single waking moment of our lives is marked by the Holy Spirit. And as a result, we are living lives where we are, we are consulting with the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, all that good stuff. But a lot of times in Christianity, we don't view the Holy Spirit that way. We view the Holy Spirit as like an optional package, like you ever go to buy something on Amazon, and they, of course, they know all your recent search history, so they know what you've been looking for, right? And you go to buy something, and they're like, if you bundle today, you could save $5. They're trying to upsell you on, on you know, the, the next package, right? Uh, you know, if you go, if you buy this extra item today, you'll save this much, right? And we view sometimes the Holy Spirit as, like, the extra package that, you know, you could purchase it if you wanted to. Like, you could, you could go there and get that extra bit of God if you wanted to, but it's not necessary, Right? We view the Holy Spirit as something that is optional but not necessary to our life. And today, I want to completely destroy that notion. As a believer in Jesus Christ, it is not optional to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but it's completely necessary. Without a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we have no power. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, life gets hard. You know, we just heard a testimony about a guy that was on life support for five days or four days or whatever it was. Well, Life gets hard sometimes. We need the power of God 
We need the power of God in our lives with us to support us and to sustain us in us. And so I want to completely destroy this notion this morning that the Holy Spirit is something optional for you, something that you could just you know, somehow uh, you know, purchase another package if, if you want a little bit more of God. No. We should want all of God that we can get. And that should be something that's part of our lives each and every day. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for our time together, how you've already worked in our midst uh, through the worship and through the testimony that was given. Lord, I pray that you would just bless this uh, time we're about to dig into your word. And God, I pray that you would open our ears, open our hearts to receive. God, I pray that we would be truly changed, truly transformed by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I know you're already here, but God, I pray that you would infiltrate our hearts and change us from the inside out. And Lord, help us to live a, a life like Jesus, I pray. It's in your powerful, powerful name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation where you wished you could be more than one place? More than one place at once, right? Um, You know, some of you who, uh, you know, you might be on vacation. And you're like, man, I also wish I could be, uh, you know, at the River Church. Or I wish I could also be at a, at a different spot on vacation. I could be at two vacations at once, right? You ever wish, uh, I'm, I'm just joking, but and especially in a situation like this, graduation season or Christmases, if you have all of a big family, sometimes you have two Christmases that are scheduled at the same time. And you're like, what am I going to do, you know? Do I go to one and only show up for 30 minutes and leave and go to the next one or whatever, right? You're limited by your geographical location because you're a human. At the end of the day, like John Buzzer can only be one place at once. I know we wish John Buzzer could be with us everywhere we go, but he can only be at Sam's Club, and that's where he resides in his holy temple. I'm just kidding. But, but we can only be one place at one time. That's just like kind of the, the, the downside of being human, right, is that we're one place at one time. Well, what happened whenever God took on flesh is he also took on that limitation. Uh, whenever Jesus walked this earth, Uh, Jesus was uh, full of all authority uh, on heaven and on earth, is what the Bible says, that he was full of power, full of all authority of heaven and earth was in Jesus Christ. But because he took on the limitations of human flesh, he could only be with one person at one time. So, sorry, Facebook people, I'm going to go off. If if Jesus, actually, Jesus, come up here. Jesus, come back, come back. Okay. Yep, give him a hand, give him a hand. If Jesus, you can say that, if Jesus is with Isaac, okay, all right, if Jesus, if Jesus is with Isaac, ministering to Isaac, Isaac, maybe say Isaac is, is blind and he's healing his, his blind eyes, okay, then, then what happens though is, that's right, that's right, what happens is then because he's with Isaac, Jesus cannot be with Nick, right? He can't be with Nick because he takes on that limitation of geographical position. And so maybe Nick is deaf. So, so for, for, for Jesus to get to Nick, he's got to walk all the way over there. And back then, they didn't have, you know, motorcycle or whatever. It might take a couple days, but he gets there, right? Right? And he heals him. <laughs> there we go. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. You can go sit down. Do you see the problem here? Jesus, although he had all authority in heaven and on earth with him, was limited by geographical position. So this is why he says in John chapter 16, 7, which is really a cornerstone verse for this message. Listen up. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if, if Isaac is hanging out with Jesus, and Jesus is like, all right, Isaac, so I'll let you know, 
couple days, I'm out of here. Head back to my father. I'm going to head out. They'd be like, no, Jesus, don't go. You know, here, here, let me fix you some food. You know, stay, stay, please stay. You know, if you were hanging out with Jesus, I don't know about any of you, but I would want to hang out with Jesus. I would want to be around him, ask him some questions, talk to him a little bit longer. They would be like, why, Jesus, why are you going? But listen to what Jesus says. This is so interesting to me. He says, it is to your advantage. It is to your benefit that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. This morning we are talking about the Holy Spirit. And what has happened in and through Jesus is that Jesus leaves and he says it's better because whenever Jesus goes away, he sends the Holy Spirit in his place so that Jesus, I really like this open space here, we should keep this, we, uh, he can be with Isaac and he can be with Nick and he can be with John and with Amy and with Hannah and with uh, Jeremy and with everybody that is a believer. The Holy Spirit can be with everybody at once and it's the presence of Jesus Christ with us. God has found the loophole, right? God has found a way to be with each and every one of us. And so what happens sometimes, I think this is really interesting, is we say things like, well, you know, when Jesus was with us, when Jesus was with us, well, he's still with us. He says, and never leave us nor forsake us. The thing is, is that the Holy Spirit, and this is where I really want to get to this morning, because I know a lot of people, you know, maybe not have heard a lot about the Holy Spirit. So I want to make it very, very simple for you. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus Christ making His presence tangible to us in the here and now. Continuing His work that He showed us in the Gospels. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Is to show us like what Jesus was like and to lead us into the presence of Jesus here and now. Jesus is with us everywhere we go because of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is in us and through us. The Holy Spirit was sent on behalf of Jesus to bring us all the things that Jesus brought us in his ministry. So, you know, you read the Gospels and you see him healing blind eyes. You see him opening deaf ears. You see him making the lame to walk again. You see him opening, uh, you know, uh, healing the demo, uh, the demo, setting the demoniac free, you know, doing all these amazing things where he's giving life and he's setting people free and Jesus is doing all these amazing things. All the reasons that we said that we would want to hang out with him. Those were all the things that he brought to people. And the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives now is to continue to bring those things. Now, it's not... I want to say this. Sorry, I just want to say this very clearly. It's not like the work of Jesus stopped whenever he ascended to the Father. The work of Jesus did not stop when he ascended to the Father, but it was actually exponentially grown via the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit brings the work of Jesus to each and every person that believes. And that work of Jesus continues because the Holy Spirit is bringing everything that Jesus brought. Everything, the healing, the gifts, the fruit, the everything, all of it is brought to us via the Holy Spirit. The life that Jesus brought, the, the life of the Gospels that we read about with Jesus is brought to life in our lives via the Holy Spirit. Although Jesus isn't with us in his flesh and bones, he is still with us. The Holy Spirit is sent here to do his work, to do his work. Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. I want to read you a few things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John uh, chapter 14 and John chapter 16. You can read about it fully in those chapters. Okay. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit our helper. 
He calls it our helper or our comforter. Some translations say an advocate. So to, to really emphasize upon what Christy uh, said, and I love how God orchestrates these things, she said that she felt a warm feeling come over her, like a warm coat, a feeling come over her that she did not have previously. And, and what happened in the moment? She had comfort and peace that she knew it was going to be okay. And that is straight out of what the Bible says. Jesus says, I will send you the comforter, the helper, that in your moments of distress, in your moments of trouble, Jesus will send you the one that will give you all peace. How many of you know that if Jesus was with you in the room, she would feel that exact same way? If Jesus came up to her, he'd give her a physical hug, and she would feel it's going to be okay because Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit does the exact same thing. The Holy Spirit brings the presence of Jesus to us, the comfort, the help. He advocates for us, and we feel that warmth. We feel that that feeling of knowing everything is going to be okay. Jesus also calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth, that he will lead us and guide us into all truth. How many of you know that there's a world out there that's living by a lot of lies today? There's a lot of people who believe a lot of things that... God doesn't believe. But what the Holy Spirit does is leads us into truth. Leads us into truth. The Holy Spirit will convict us of righteousness, Jesus also says, to lead us into what is right and to what is true. There's a lot of people, you know, I'm not acting like I'm some great moral authority, but there's a lot of people who, who seem to have got it skewed, what is right and what is wrong. The Holy Spirit leads us. He gets our compass centered north again, so to speak. He helps us to lead us into truth. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would teach you all things. Jesus said that he would give us peace through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit tells us the deeper things of God. That the Holy Spirit ministers with our spirit to tell us what God is saying or what God has said. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead us to glorify God. So I bet in that moment, Christy, you know, as you're feeling that way, that's a moment of, God, thank you. God, thank you. I realize that it's going to be okay. Thank you, God. What the Holy Spirit does is it does this internal work within us that leads us to glorification of God. It leads us to glorification of God. And so we're going to get into this here in a little bit about the Holy Spirit's inner work. But, but what happens sometimes is whenever we're in church, you know, maybe we're just not really feeling it, you know. Everybody ever been in church and you're just not feeling it? I mean, we can be honest with it. Okay, I guess I'm the only person. Never mind. Anyways, if you're ever in church and you're just not feeling it, what happens is, is we need to pray, God, help, help change me inwardly. Because what happens is whenever God changes us inwardly, it's reflected outwardly. That the Holy Spirit's work leads us to glorification of God. Okay, everything I've said up to this point is really fluff. I understand that we live in an ADHD generation, so I want to give you two things to remember today. Are you ready? Two things to remember today. The Holy Spirit is God's presence with us, and the Holy Spirit is God's presence in us. Okay, let's talk about the first one. God's presence with us. In this life, we like when good things happen, right? How many of you know it's easy to praise God whenever good things happen, right? Whenever, whenever the bank account's full and the doctor report's good, whenever life is good, the kids aren't acting up, everybody's like, oh, praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, you know, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, right? It's just so easy to praise God when things are going good. But in this life, we know that bad things happen, too. We know that bad things happen. We know that this life is full of heartache and uh, sad things. We get sad, lonely, depressed, worried, stressed, angry, anxious. 
All of these things, these are emotions that impact, if, impact us if we're being honest with ourselves, right? These are things that happen to us in our life. All the negative emotions that we have, and God does not ignore those, but he knows about them. He knows that we feel that way, but he doesn't ignore us. Scripture tells us that God has sent his Holy Spirit, as I already said, as the comforter to bring comfort to help the incur- to help. Sorry, I got to move this real quick. That's really annoying. To help and to encourage us and to bring us uh, from being broken to being whole. So, so this is not just, um, you know, just the role of the Holy Spirit. This is the whole heart of God. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 18, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Jesus also, in, in, in the life of Jesus, I told you that the Holy Spirit continues the work of the life of Jesus. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 4, 23 and 24. He went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread all throughout Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, and oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. He healed them. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit to us in our times of brokenness? Well, it is God's presence with us. It is God's presence with us in the hurting, in the broken moments that you are not alone. You are not forsaken. You are not abandoned. God is with you, even in the hurting, even in the worst moment of your life. And I know that many of you in this place this morning are walking, as Bradley said earlier, through the valley of the shadow of death. But what is the promise of Psalm 23? That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you are in this place this morning, and you're feeling abandoned by God, you're feeling forsaken by God, you are not abandoned. You are not forsaken. He loves you, and he is with you, and the Holy Spirit is with you this morning. The Holy Spirit is God's presence with you. He's with you. He is with you. God's presence is with you, and he is in you. He's with you. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forsaken you. And there was a guy once who felt abandoned by God. His name was Jesus. When he was hanging on that cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, bearing the sin of the world... He feels forsaken. He feels alone, much in the same way that many of us feel sometimes. He feels alone. He feels like God has abandoned him. But you know what he's doing? Jesus is doing a very common practice of rabbis of the day. He's quoting the first line of the full psalm. And I want to read it to you this morning. Psalm chapter 22. We turn there very quickly. Jesus is reading from Psalm chapter 22 as he's hanging from the cross. And listen to this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, I am not silent. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip and shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. But you are 
who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while, my, while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth in my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lights. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall save him. It will be recounted to the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has done this. This is the word of God. And hanging from the cross, I know that was long, but listen here. Hanging from the cross, Jesus says the very first line, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the psalmist goes on with these very descriptive terms of all of these terrible things that have happened to him. And did you notice in there, he said, they put nails in my feet, they divide my garments. Jesus is claiming in that moment, this is a prophetic psalm about him, but it still relates to us. Because what does the psalm say? What does the psalm say? For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from them. In your time of need, in your time of hurt, in your time of pain, God has not turned his back on you. But the Holy Spirit is with you, presently, by your side, there with you, to meet your need, to be your comforter. Amen? The Holy Spirit is God's presence with us. And this is the next part. This is the part, if you thought I was fired up so far, this is the next part. It's really good. God's presence in us. God's presence in us. Because it doesn't do any good. It doesn't do us any good, Isaac, if God is just like some cloud that's just like hovering over you 24-7, that's kind of just like watching out for you. Almost like, sometimes, sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit like the Force, you know, from Star Wars. Anybody? Yeah, everybody's seen Star Wars, right? Sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit like the Force, like, you know, kind of lets us do cool stuff. It's like always around us, you know. But no, no, that's, that's the incorrect way to think of it. The Holy Spirit is not just kind of this ethereal thing that's outside of us, but actually, as a believer in Jesus, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? 
The Holy Spirit is not something that just exists outside of us, but as believers in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is something that comes in us. And this is something that is very important, okay? And this is a, this is a really true distinction here of what it really means. I, I said earlier that if we're not living life emphasized by the Spirit, we're just excited Baptists. I want to I kind of elaborate upon that. This is where it real, the rubber re- meets the road, because all Christians believe that God is with them. But what we really emphasize is that the Holy Spirit is in you, not just with you, but in you, that the Holy Spirit comes into your life and begins to change things, that the Holy Spirit comes in. It would not be very good if God just hung around us but never changed anything in us, right? It would not be very good. So imagine that Isaac, sorry, you guys are sitting in the front row, so you get, get the one of it. Imagine that Isaac killed John <laughs> right now in cold daylight, okay? Isaac goes and serves his prison sentence, okay? He goes and he, he, does, he, he does his sentence. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And let's say that Nick forgives, Nick, Nick and John are best friends, good friends, right? 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 Nick forgives Isaac for what he's done. He's forgiven. Isaac is forgiven for what he's done, right? But when he gets out, Isaac then goes and kills Oscar. <laughs> right? It, doesn't, it, it, does, it does not matter, to be, to be very clear, this is a stupid analogy, but I want to I bring it home here. It does not matter that Isaac has been forgiven by Nick because he hasn't changed. You see where I'm going with this? It doesn't matter that he's been forgiven by Nick if he doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's still a murderer. I'm just kidding. You're not a murderer, Isaac. But in this instance, he's still a murderer. And what happens in life with, Christian, with the Christian life is, is we do things that we know are wrong. We commit sin that we know is wrong. And we walk in sin and we walk in shame and shortcomings. And we want God to fix it. We want God to do it. But we ask God, God, forgive me. Forgive me. And so many people spend all their time down here at the altar asking God to forgive them for that addiction or for that sin or for that thing that they're falling into. But they never allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to change them from the inside out, to truly change them so they don't do that thing again. So you don't have to walk in that stupid way again and keep reaping the consequences of your stupid actions. What God wants to do is to set us free, to set us free, to set us free from the disease that's in us called sin. Like he wants to completely wipe it out. And that is the role of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 37 that he'll come and he'll take the heart of stone out and he'll give us a heart of flesh. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into your life and he says, we're clean in house. We're clean in house. You're, you're, you're a hoarder. You've got too many things in your closet. This is a dirty place. We're clean in house. Everything is spick and span. He comes in and he changes things. How many of you know that God comes in? When he comes in, he changes your life. When he comes in, he changes your life. And this is the message that's been, that's been missing from American Christianity for so long. We emphasize the forgiveness of God, which I totally believe in. Yes and amen. But we don't take it any step further. Like, yeah, God has forgiven you. Yes, I believe when you pray your prayer that God, and you genuinely mean it, I believe God forgives you. I believe that. But there's more for it, man. There's more to it. It's not just about being forgiven because if, we're just, if we just keep getting forgiven, but we never change, if God never, we never allow the Holy Spirit to change us on the inside, then we'll keep doing those things that we know are wrong. And really at the heart of it, sin is just things that lower our quality of life. It's some sort of violation against our relationship with God or a violation against one another or a violation against ourselves. That's all sin is. It's missing the mark of what we were meant to be as humans. And we walk in that and we just keep asking God, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But we never allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to change us from the inside out. 
from the inside out. Way back in the day, let me say this. How many of you know that this building has no power? Okay? Maybe Bradley raised his hand. Well, it does now because Jesus is here, but I just kidding. No, but I, that's never, we're never going to live that down. Anyways, this building, though, these, these, these concrete blocks right here hold no power. It's just concrete, just a building that just holds up the ceiling, right? What really makes it powerful is whenever we get together. But why is it powerful when we get together? It's because we as believers hold the Holy Spirit inside of us. And whenever you get together with me and I get together with you and we all have the Holy Spirit in us and we get together, we call that church, but I call it a party. That's whenever we're praising God together because it is the edification of the saints. It's, it's whenever we're together and there's power in that. That's my little five-second commercial on why you should come to church because there's power in the gathering of believers. Amen? But way back when they believed that the, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God was, was dwelt in the Holy of Holies, is what they called it. The Holy of Holies, in the temple. And this temple was divided by a curtain. This curtain was so strong that they would tie one ox to a rope on one end and one ox to a rope on the other. And they would, they would pull, try to pull it apart with two strong oxen. I don't know if you've ever been around an ox, but things are pretty strong, okay? And, and they were making sure that this curtain was so strong that, that it could not be torn. In this curtain that, that divided the Holy of Holies from, from our space, from people's space. It was God's space and our space. God's space was divided from our space. And what happens is on the cross, whenever Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, that curtain is torn in two, and now God's presence and our presence are intermingled, that there is no place where God's presence is not with us, that God's presence is not confined to a building or to a region or to a special place for special people, but no, God's presence is available to you for your life, for your everyday being, that on a Tuesday morning, whenever you're at work and your boss is being a jerk and you just want to go home and call in sick, the Holy Spirit can be with you in that moment because what Jesus has done is torn down the division in the temple and now the Holy Spirit lives in you because you are the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit lives in you, empowering you, showing you, leading you into all truth, comforting you, doing all the things that we talk about the Holy Spirit doing. It's in you. It's in you. We are the vessels through which the Holy Spirit lives and moves in the world today. Amen? Everything I've said so far, the Holy Spirit is in you. So we look up to heaven and say, God, what are you going to do? God, what are you going to do? You know, like... Like right now, there's a lot of conflict going on in Israel, in the Middle East. God, what are you going to do? God, what are you going to do? God has given us the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I wonder, I know God doesn't talk like this because he's God, and I'm not. But if I was God, I'd be like, I give you guys the Holy Spirit. Stupid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, God doesn't, God doesn't call you stupid. God loves you. But I would call you stupid. But anyways, <laughs> God forgive me. Anyways, the point I'm making is that we look up to God, and there's so many people who have this escapist mentality, like, God, take me out of here. God, what are we going to do? God, God. You know, they're looking up to heaven, and then heaven is staring right back down at them saying, I've given you everything. I've given you the tools. I've given you the resources. I've given you the church. I've given you, I've given you my word. I've given you, above all, the Holy Spirit. My presence is with you, empowering you to go out there and to be world changers, to go out there and to change this world. For so long, we've been so focused on leaving earth to get to heaven. But what Jesus does through the Holy Spirit is bring heaven to earth. 
to us right here and now so that we can advance his kingdom here and now. It's not about, yes, I understand that, that there, there can be a mindset of, of I've, I've lived a really hard life and, and I just want God to take me. I just want God to take me. And some people feel that way and I understand that line of thinking. But we've got work to do, man. We've got work to do. There's work for us to do in the here and now and the Holy Spirit enables us and empowers us to do that work, okay? And I want to talk a little bit about that in closing of really what that work looks like. I'm going to leave the gifts of the Spirit for Jesus next week. Um, Just kidding. I'm going to leave the gifts of the Holy Spirit for next week, but I want to talk about the um, fruit of the Holy Spirit really quick, okay? So the Holy Spirit comes in us. It's God's presence in us. And we are to live out this call in the world around us, okay? What is the primary way that we live this out? Well, I want to read this to you from Galatians chapter 5. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, those who practice these things will not see the kingdom of God. Check this out. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Amen. You should read that over and over again right there. Through the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that our life should be marked by. Yes, the Holy Spirit brings gifts. Yes, the Holy Spirit brings uh, supernatural instances, miracles, healings, all of those things. But what I'm talking about you specifically this morning is how this Holy Spirit comes in. And the Holy Spirit comes into our life, and as I said, it cleans house. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and leads us into righteousness, shows us the areas to be very specific of where we are not like this. The Bible tells us to be full of love, to be full of peace, to be full of joy, to be full of uh, kindness, graciousness, gentleness, self-control. We need to be full of those things, full, like, like not halfway, not sometimes, not only when you're talking to your best friend, but full of these things, full of love, even when you hate those people (laughs) full of love full of joy even when you're facing harsh circumstances full of peace even when you're in conflict full of kindness just kindness doing kind things for people full of these things patience or paint patience patience gentleness and self-control these are the markings of a life filled with the holy spirit for so long, you know, the, the marking, the significant marking of the Holy Spirit was whether or not you spoke in tongues. 
Didn't matter how you talked to the cashier at Walmart. Spoken tongues, it's the evidence of the Holy Spirit right there. Got it. You've got it. Boom, check that off your list, right? Doesn't matter how you treat your spouse. You've got the Holy Spirit. You need to defer to the man of God, you know? I'm sorry, I'm just I'm poking fun. But anyways, the point being is that for so long, we make it all about one particular thing. One particular thing. It's the whole package, folks. It's the whole package. When God comes in, he changes everything. And when he comes in, I, firm, I, I, I don't want you to say that, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that speaking tongues isn't real. I believe it's real, realer than anything that we, that we do here in church. But you can't just say, just because I said shit about a Honda, shit about a Kia, that you know, you're full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Show it by the way you live. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, show it by the way you live. Show it by the way you live. The Holy Spirit changes the way we live. It changes the way that we live. It changes the way that we move. It changes the way that we interact with one another. It changes the way that we go about our daily lives. And I want you to know something here real quick, and then I promise I'll close. I'm rambling at this point. It's going to get me in trouble. The, the, notice it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Meaning that it's this, it's, this, it's this metaphor of plants. It's this tree. And how many of you know it doesn't matter how much you go out to your backyard and yell your apple tree to grow. It's not going to grow, okay? You can just yell at it and try all you want. Grow, grow, grow. And the same it is with us. You know, you could be in your life and say, Holy Spirit tree, grow, 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 you know? But what it is is it's God's work in you. God is doing the growing God is doing the growing. So if you're, look, if you're examining your life, and we're going to take a moment of examination here in a second. But when you're examining your life, I want you to think to yourself, am I, do I love the way that I ought to love? Do I have peace the way that I want to have peace? Is my life filled with joy the way I want it to be filled with joy? Is my life full of patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness the way that I want it to be full? If it's not, then it's not a matter of rolling up our sleeves and getting down and dirty. And oh. We don't approach God with clenched fists, but with open hands. We don't say, God, I'm going to do this. We say, God, you do this. God, you change me. God, you do the work. And I believe that when we say that prayer, when we pray that prayer in faith, God, do what you want to do. Great things happen. Mighty, mighty things happen. Amen? All right, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this time together. God, thank you that you are with 